Hi, I'm Alvian Lyons. And I'm Doug Weiss. And welcome to Love Life. So Douglas, this week, our audience wants to talk about the art of persuasion. How do we reach compromise in a relationship? How do you get what you want? Do you have any ideas on how to effectively do that? (laughs) (laughs) I can always feel like a little set up here. (laughs) Here, Doug, this is for you. Wow. So I want to start by recommending a a wonderful book. Um, It was written primarily for the workplace, but I think it has tremendous relevance in interpersonal relationships, regardless of the circumstance. And it's a book called Crucial Conversations. Hmm. So what's a crucial conversation? Well, some of the characteristics are that um, there's an obvious point of disagreement in the conversation. The stakes are high and it's emotionally charged. Mm. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of relationship conversations. Yep, every day. Uh, where we have issues of compromise that need to, co- need to be resolved. A number of observations from that book, uh, two that I want to share. The first is that we all have a filter. We're not even conscious of the fact that we have a filter. The filter is our, the sum of our life experience how we have dealt with circumstances akin to what we're dealing with now in the past, Mm -hmm. how they were resolved, how, what the outcomes were. Um, You could say here, it's everything from your childhood on. Right. But that's the filter we apply and we apply it so quickly that often we're not even aware of the fact that we're applying it and it conditions our response. Mm -hmm. That's the first point. The second is that we, and, and this is interesting because last week's episode, we talked about this very topic. We often don't listen well to other people. Mm-hmm. We are preparing the next argument <laughs> right? in our own mind, even <laughs> as they are speaking. <laughs> we've already disagreed before we've heard them out. Both the the filter and the... Uh, our inability to listen carefully contribute to what is inevitably going to be a a difficult outcome right. in a crucial conversation. I would say that we where you really have to start in a crucial conversation is w- backwards. You have to start with what's the desired outcome. Mm-hmm. Where what, start with the end. What in mind. success at the end? Is it about my winning at all costs? Is it about my creating an environment where you feel safe to discuss with me whatever it is that you're feeling? Or am I the kind of person that you know, wants to, at the first sign of any conflict, uh, uh, put up a fight? Mm. So the, the fight or flight instincts kick in in any emotionally charged situation. The fight is when we all clearly acknowledge you spoke about this recently the degree to which things can turn personal in a heartbeat Absolutely. and everything gets escalated and ends in a nuclear outcome <laughs> the flight is the uh, okay 
if I can't be heard the way I want to be heard, if you won't acknowledge what I want to say, then I'm going to take my football and leave. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to disengage. Whether physically or right. emotionally, I'm just, I'm right. not with you anymore. That's it. Mm-hmm. And on a podcast not that long ago, I, I remember you talking about the signs of the death of a relationship. I'm paraphrasing yeah. here. And I think what I heard you say was when people don't even care enough to fight anymore, that's when the We're relationship's over. Absolutely. So crucial, the lessons from Crucial Conversation, and there are many, and I highly, again, highly recommend. Short book, easy to read, um, useful tool to have in your toolkit. Start by really listening. Start by acknowledging and echoing back what you've heard to make sure that you understand and to prevent that filter from just kicking in right away. This right. is a good practice. Second, probe. Try to understand what's behind what's being said. Often we talk cryptically. Mm-hmm. We don't feel comfortable enough with what it is we want to say to another person because the stakes are high. And so we use euphemisms, indirections. We mask what we're really concerned about in the conversation. And so it's never going to reach a, a, a good resolution because we're, we're shadow boxing with each other. <laughs> we're not really talking about the thing, the elephant in the room. You know, we're talking about everything but that. So it's important to probe a little bit and see if you can get to the, the heart of what's really on someone's mind. So the echoing gives somebody a chance to do that. Here's what I think you said. Is, is, is that what you're trying to tell me? That gives somebody an opportunity to step back and maybe restate what's on their mind. It gives you time to think about what they're really saying. That's a useful tool. The other part of this is that it's necessary for you both to reach a place in the conversation if you're going to attain some compromise that says, I'm not going to get everything I want. You're not going to get everything I want. This isn't a competition. Right. It is a race to the middle. (laughs) It's an opportunity for us to grow together by finding some optimal set of conditions that we can both agree upon, mm-hmm. whatever they happen to be. It's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, that may be sometimes that you're going to concede something. It happens. Okay. And it's not a quid pro quo, folks. Right. You got it last time. I get it right. this This time. isn't a contest. Let's bean count. Right. Right. But more often than not, if you engage in the kind of behaviors that we're talking about, you can find a path to a middle ground. You can find the place where you can both agree. So finding points of agreement rather than points of disagreement in the course of the conversation is a good beginning point for attaining that compromise. Mm-hmm. So acknowledge what you've heard. Find the points of agreement And then use those points of agreement to see if you can fashion between you a substantive, larger agreement, a 
around the, whatever is the subject of your um, altercation. <laughs> well, what I love in what you said was the um, notion of honesty. Mm-hmm. I always say that it, the, the truth is much like um, using your GPS. It is your start point. If you want to get from where you are to where you'd like to go, you have to put in your current location. Mm-hmm. If you lie about your start point, you begin this journey planning to get lost. So it is so essential that we are honest about what we're really thinking, how we're really feeling, what we really want in all of this, so that we can figure out where are we now, X on the map. And how do we get from where we are now to where we want to arrive at? And so I, I watch often as couples work through their stuff, people not saying what's really going on inside. When someone digs their feet in the sand, this is rarely about the issue that we're discussing right now. There's something that is underlying that why I will not compromise on this thing. There is a meaning associated with this conversation and this submission that I cannot allow for that is deeper than this moment. And if we're if we talk about what that is, if underneath that it's this runs against my core values. This is something that I hated as a child. This is something that has always made me feel. If I'm honest about that, you will discover, assuming that your partner is somebody who cares and loves you, mm-hmm. you will discover that suddenly the thing that they thought they wanted, they don't want so bad that you have to feel that. Mm-hmm. But when we don't tell the truth about how we feel, we don't give our partners the opportunity to hear and understand us, to recognize why it's so significant to us, and to even figure out, well, you know what? I thought that this was a big deal for me, but hearing what this means for you, let's find a way that you don't have to feel that, but we can accomplish this. Mm-hmm. But if we hide those things, we are, we are plugging in the wrong start point inside of our GPS. Yeah. And everybody wants to arrive somewhere. Yeah. But we've got to be able to do this right. I, I love that analogy. Yeah. I think that the other important thing that needs to, to happen early in the conversation is establishing a sense of safety. Mm-hmm. When people don't feel safe in a conversation, that's when they're either going to fight back or that's when the fight or flight is going to take place. Because fear is inside of that. Mm -hmm. And fear can take a lot of forms. Fear can be, you're going to reject what I'm feeling. Right. Fear can be actually a fear of something physical. Right. Um, You know, my partner is somebody who's very demonstrative physically and and, uh, I've, I've seen them Guys, I'm speaking to you here. I've seen them uh, in in a highly emotional state exhibit what I could interpret as rage or Mm -hmm. physicality, Mm -hmm. and that scares me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to talk about this subject because I, I, you know, I'm I'm scared. I don't want to trigger that. So understanding this, it's important again, both directions for people in a, in a disagreement to establish some, some ground rules and some sense of safety. Mm-hmm. One of the 
most important things that you can say to somebody in a conversation where there is a fundamental, highly charged disagreement is to set the most important ground rule. I find your own words. Mine are, nothing you're going to say to me today is going to change how I feel about you. I love you. Mm. I will always love you. We'll get through this. We may not agree, but nothing that you're going to say to me is going to change that fundamental thing. Mm -hmm. Once you've set that as the baseline for your conversation, you're off to a pretty good start. The chances are that you're not going to ever let it get out of hand. Because you've established from the beginning that sense of safety. Right. You've established the ground rules. We are in this together. Right. And when we talk about, as we did in a number of our podcasts recently, unconditionality and love, that's what unconditionality is. And I go to the spiritual, so I'll go there. That's the way God loves us, no matter how we mess up, absolutely. No matter what we do, it's that he's ready love. to forgive us. He's yep. ready to love us. He's forgotten. You know, he's put it aside, and and we're you know into we the start sea again. of forgetfulness. Right. right. We are. We're. We're. We're there, and and he has our back. Mm-hmm. When you establish that with your mate, when your partner in life is someone that feels that. Um, that you care about them that way, that there are no conditions on your feelings for them, then you can navigate any conversation, no matter how difficult it may be, because there is safety. Absolutely. It's the environments that we've talked about. It's the atmospheres we talk about. It's, are you creating the conditions for me to be my full self, mm. to be emotionally naked before you, and to know that it is safe for me to be able to mm. do that. And when I can, that means that we have the chance to create something better as a result of this. Each one of these things that could have been the breaking point in other relationships can end up being the bricks of foundations and stairs and newer heights inside of a relationship because I saw how you handled this. You made me trust you Mm -hmm. so I can reveal more and more of who I am to you and go through the challenges without the fear that this is going to end us or change the way that you see me when I disclose what I struggle with on the inside. And finding our way to compromise is a heck of a lot easier when you're actually talking to the person about what really matters to them. It's a truism that I think we all intuitively understand Mm -hmm. that while we don't seek adversity, when we have navigated adversity, we emerge stronger. Agreed. We talk about it as being character defining or character building. Absolutely. And let me tell you that when a couple have navigated together adversity, they are they are stronger as a couple. Infinitely. In, in mm-hmm. ways that, as Alvian said, that are incalculable. Um, and, and that equips you for what life's going to deal because in all of our lives, we're going to face adversity at some point or another. We hope that it's not going to be um, ultimate and, and difficult. But to be perfectly honest, in a relationship, one of us is going to outlive the other. 
I've already been through that, and I can tell you that's not, you know, that's not one of the easy things in life. Um, hopefully, that's the last of the ones that we're going to have to deal with, but, but often we go through many, many challenges before we get to that destination. And navigating those, emerging them, is not just a test of our characters. It's a test of our relationship, and it's defining for who we are and who we want to be. It is the opportunity to be our best selves or not. And in, I, you know, in a play of words, of course, you know, our podcast is called Love Life. But when you learn how to do love well, mm-hmm. you get a chance to do life even better. Uh. What a great note. Uh, I think we'll end on that because <laughs> there's nothing I could say, that would, <laughs> folks, that would, as always, we've enjoyed this time with you. We always and, do. And uh, we're just so grateful for the opportunity to, to talk with you each week. And thank yeah. you for sharing our podcast with all of your friends. We just, mm-hmm. We're just so grateful for you yeah. guys. So we ask you and your friends and... Uh, if you have some thoughts or comments you'd like to offer, please write to us, Doug at lovelife.digital. Or Alvian at lovelife.digital. And we want to thank Chelsea Washington, who so patiently has guided us through <laughs> today's podcast. And Todd Washburn, who uh, is always uh, there to make us sound better than we really are in life. <laughs> and uh, we need we'll the be people with you that soon. love us.